Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Majuk. And I'm Kate Majuk. And we're married. To each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. There is still... Still, two weeks later, absolutely no Aaron Rodgers news. I feel like we have to open with this every single show until it happens because it doesn't even sound like it's close to happening. But now that I say that, it will happen, probably before we even drop this episode because that's just how the NFL world works against me. Uh, But we have to drink to that because every time Aaron (laughs) Rodgers has not signed, we need to take a big gulp of our drink. So cheers to that. I just mean, clinked our glass. Yeah, we need to we need to pour one out for the souls of Packers fans, uh, for uh, Brian Gutekunst. Gute- oh, good job! I don't Gutekunst. even know if that's how you say it. I, I like. You I were did almost <laughs> confident that I was going to believe you, and then oh, I took it back. Damn it! Um, yeah, I like pour one out for all of them, and there's been some news that like okay, they're making progress, but. The issue is that the Jets want some additional compensation back because they're worried that Aaron Rodgers is just going to out and retire next year, which, like, if that is not a red flag, I don't know what is. Aaron Rodgers is a walking red flag. And if the Jets don't realize that already, that's their own fault. They can get themselves into this mess and have to deal with that. There's no way they're sending a first-round pick. It's just not happening possibly they can get their second rounder this year. They have two second rounders. I still, I don't even think they're going to send two second rounders, maybe one this year and one the next year. We'll see, but there's just too much risk when it comes to freaking, you know, Lucy Doocy. He <laughs> just, Lucy Doocy, Lucy Goosey. If that's the right saying. It's like and a Aaron Lucy Goosey who poops. Yeah. Lucy Goosey Doocy. Lucy yeah. Goosey Doocy. Yeah. That's literally what Aaron Rodgers is. But, I mean, Michelle, I still can't stop thinking about what the Jets should do instead of engaging in all of this drama. Like, if it's not meant to happen, it is not meant to happen. And maybe you should try other avenues like the the former NFL MVP who's just sitting there available and not planning to retire anytime soon, presumably. What is going on with Lamar Jackson? He officially requested a trade. He requested a trade, but the thing is, no team is interested in trading for him. Well, here's the I actually don't understand really logistically how that works. He hasn't signed his franchise tender yet. Like, I think he would have to sign in order to get traded. But I think if there was a trade in place, it'd sign and trade type of thing. It's just, it's weird because he can also go out and negotiate his own... Either way, the team would have to trade two first-round picks. But they can definitely figure this out. It's just like, is there a team out there 
that is looking to trade a bunch of comp- a bunch of draft picks and pay Lamar Jackson. He wants a guaranteed deal. He wants a fully guaranteed well, deal. It's been said recently that that's not actually the case. That he's open to taking not a fully guaranteed deal. It just I don't I don't understand what's going on, but. Again, it doesn't even sound, and obviously we're not privy to all of the communication here, but it doesn't even sound like these teams are on the phone to say, like, Lamar, I know you want this fully guaranteed deal, but, you know, we can't give you that. But, like, hey, here's a really talented receiving core that we could give you. Here, like, yeah. sell him on something else. It doesn't even sound like they're fielding the calls. Well, which people is will be like, Lamar's part. not a winner. Like you can't make it in the playoffs. It's like Aaron Rodgers isn't a winner. Oh my goodness. For someone that's been like the most talented quarterback of our generation. He's won one Super Bowl. I mean, in all this time and he keeps getting first seeds and getting home field advantage in the playoffs and keeps just being embarrassing and losing. So it's like, I do really prefer a 40, nearly 40 year old quarterback who's done nothing but lose in the playoffs in embarrassing fashion uh, over the last, what, 10 years, basically. He hasn't won since. Or do you want a shot on the young guy who's not thinking about retiring every single offseason that also is super talented? Like, that has also won MVP and MVP as of late. It's like, I guess you have to give away more from Lamar, but at the same time, you might have, you might do all of this for Aaron Rodgers, and you have him for one year. I mean, it's like they're not learning from the Brett Favre. The thing deal. is, though, you're, it's not like you're saving, like you're giving up the draft capital for Lamar Jackson, but you're also having to pay him. That's the case with Aaron Rodgers, maybe just for a shorter period of time, but he still has two years left on that contract. He's due what fifty million this year, like. Hello. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm like trying to look at which teams could be interested in Lamar Jackson. Washington said today or not to. I don't know if it was today, but Washington said this week they're not going after Lamar. They're happy with Sam Howell and they think he can be like the next Brock Purdy. They said it's not crazy to think that Sam Howell can be good in this league, which I agree. But we'll see if he's but actually if you have this year. I, like I get it. You and I like Sam Howell, but once again, if you have the the chance to either, like, especially for a team with the quarterback woes that Washington has had, you either have the opportunity to pursue a Lamar Jackson while you continue to just burn first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick, or, like, pursue Lamar Jackson, solve your quarterback issues, because clearly you can't scout the position, and then move on. Like, there is no reason, period, for the Washington commanders to be out on Lamar Jackson. Well, they said they are. And the Colts GM said he doesn't believe in fully guaranteed contracts. So if Lamar wants that mostly or fully guaranteed contract, probably not getting it from the Colts. Uh, I don't know. There's been a lot of teams that said they're out, weirdly enough. But, like, a couple teams that we haven't really heard from yet, or if we have, I missed it. The Lions, but I feel like Jared Goff had a secretly good year last year, and they were like building something. So it's hard to like, I don't know. It's hard to go after Lamar when you're like you're building something, which it would be a reason you're going for Lamar. But I feel like that locker room is for Jared Goff. Yeah, and I like I I do think they they had 
a lot of momentum with Jared Goff towards the end of last season. We saw a big jump in his production at home. If he can translate that onto the road, suddenly you have Jared Goff back in the Super Bowl. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility if they're able to make improvements with that defense and they have the draft capital to do it. They got, they got depth in the secondary. Like that's great. The spot everybody wants to see him go to, of course, is the Atlanta Falcons who came out at the NFL owners meetings and had some like really weird things to say. The team who was once upon a time all in on trying to acquire Deshaun Watson suddenly thinks a guy like Lamar Jackson, an NFL MVP, is too risky. Bizarre. Um, I don't – he said, Weird. so Arthur Smith, the head coach for the Falcons, says Desmond Ritter will be their starting quarterback. Again, like if you have the chance to upgrade from Desmond Ritter to Lamar Jackson, you would think they'd take that. And it's also like a perfect system. Arthur Smith wants to run the ball, and they're really good at it. And they have a really good offensive line for run blocking. Like this would actually be a perfect system for him, and he would be a massive upgrade. I guess then – like, if you use up your draft capital, you can't fix up your defense as much. But, like, focus on one thing at a time. Get your franchise quarterback. And that's just that's just pretty wild to me. But that was our next topic here. Topic two. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Yeah, apparently, is going to be the Falcons starting quarterback next year. Which, like, okay, it's not, like, out of this world. He got better with every start. start. He started four games last year, the last four games of the season. Weeks 15 through 18. He showed improvement in each game he played. So, okay, you're a Desmond Ritter girl. Mm-hmm. You love you some Desmond Ritter. Watching him last year, did he meet your expectations? I feel like he disappointed. He disappointed, but I do think game over game, despite the fact, like, his stats, not not pretty. He only threw two touchdowns in, the, in those four games. Like, that's not great. But I think game over game, he looked – like the game was slowing down for him a bit. Like he looked more confident. He looked like less out of place with every game that passed. And that's what you want to see. Like this guy didn't get first team reps last year. Like this is going to be a huge opportunity for him to get the first team reps. Finally, they were all in on Marcus Mariota. Cause I guess they thought Marcus Mariota would make them competitive. I don't know, but like, this is, I think, going to be a very make-or-break moment for Desmond Ritter. It's either this year or if this experiment fails, which, again, I like Desmond Ritter. He had plenty of issues, but I also think, like, from a readiness standpoint, like, mentally, I thought he was prepared for this game. But Ritter, I like, if he doesn't work out, maybe that puts them in the position to draft a Caleb Williams next year. So, like, That's true. Like, it makes you're... you willing to – to take the leap because the reward could be even greater. Yeah. Maybe they could get a super high draft pick in 2024, get Kayla Williams and fix your franchise like that with, you know, kind of going the Bengals route where you, you know, get your Joe Burrow. But the one thing about Desmond Ritter starting next year, if he does is that's kind of fantastic for Drake London in a way where Desmond Ritter only had eyes for Drake London during those four games. I only have eyes. He averaged nine targets per game with Ritter. Saw nearly 33% of the team's targets during that time. It's ridiculous. An insanely high amount. Like, I, I get they didn't really have other options and Kyle Pitts was out. But at the same time, like, 
Drake London and Desmond Ritter have a thing together. And that makes sense, right? They came in as rookies together. They probably had a ton of reps together in the offseason as rookies. So you only expect that connection to get stronger this year. I really like this for Desmond or for Drake London. The only issue is I think he had zero touchdowns during this time. So we need Desmond Ritter to step it up. We need this offense to be scoring more touchdowns in order to get Drake London any touchdowns. I still feel like he's probably like a six to seven receiving touchdown max guy this year. He's a big dude. He should score more than that. But with like Desmond Ritter in this offense, I wouldn't be able to project him to do much more than that. The thing about Drake London is, like you said, he's huge. So, like, he is almost built like a tight end. He's like a small tight end, but he's almost built like a tight end. 6'4", 219 pounds. Like, he's a big boy, and he plays big. Like, he plays strong. I think he could be just one of those big-bodied targets that makes the game a little bit easier for Desmond Ritter. But, like, I I, I think there's got to be – you know, some, a big leap this year for Desmond Ritter. Is it possible with this cast of weapons? Absolutely. Like he's got one of the better offenses in the league as weird as it feels to say, but like Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Tyler Algier, like this is a good, this is a good group of skilled position players. And like Johnny Smith, I think helps the case, like utilize him as a blocker. Great. Um, he's athletic enough that, like, if you want to use him as a, a typical a typical tight end out of the seam, like, great, he can do that. Like, this can be a pretty dynamic team, and I do think that rushing efficiency only helps the passing game because it opens things up. Yeah, so Kyle Pitts is such a hard one, right? Because we didn't get to see Kyle Pitts and, and uh, Ritter play together because Pitts was out by the time Ritter started playing games so what to, what do we do with Kyle Pitts like I hate answering questions about Kyle Pitts because he has highly disappointed fantasy managers who were so pumped about him yes he had a great rookie season with over a thousand yards like I get that but it was one touchdown so it was it didn't feel that great right like you're like wow I was right about Kyle Pitts in his rookie season he was so good over a thousand yards as a rookie tight end is amazing but then that one touchdown really put a damper on things. And then last year, 356 yards and two touchdowns and 10 games played. Now, I will say, Nicole Pruitt, if that's how you say his first name, he did. He was second on the team in the four-game span with Ritter. No, it was only 103 yards over those four <laughs> games. It was really just strike London. He was at 333 yards, and then second was Pruitt at 103, and then third was Cordero Patterson at 57. So it was pretty much strike London or nobody, but it was good news that a tight end was second, I guess. Maybe Kyle Pitts can be something with Ritter. I just – where are you ranking him among tight ends? There's not a lot of great ones, but I can't trust him, and I feel like he's still going to be drafted highly. He's still going to be drafted highly, and I think I'm probably still going to rank him highly because I I think the thing about the tight end position is we know that, you know, your tight end 12 might not be all that useful over the course of a season. Like, one really good game might bump you into the top 12 for a tight end. Like, that's how bad the tight end position is. So if we're projecting this to be a good offense, which I think – on paper, it seems like it is. 
then I think, you know, if you're going to project Desmond Ritter to make a leap, which I also would, um, year over year at Cincinnati showed improvement. Like, I, I think, you know, we we got to a good point there. He's known for his work ethic. I think that's all going to translate to the NFL. Kyle Pitts, I think, should be a big part of that. Like, you don't draft this guy fourth overall to have him be but they, an accessory. Arthur Smith apparently hates him. He, like, will, refuses <laughs> to use him. So definitely Kelsey would be over him. I would be taking TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, George Kittle. So that's effectively saying you're out on Kyle Goddard. Pitts because he's not going to be available. Yeah, because I'm taking Goddard. And I would even probably, I would prefer Evan Ingram since he stayed in Jacksonville next year over here. I would prefer Pat Fryermuth to Kyle Pitts. Michelle... So I'm out on Kyle Pitts, I guess. That's hashtag ballsy. I like the thing about Kyle Pitts is I do think the the upside and maybe this is me. I love how it's the, hash, hashtag ballsy when like Frymouth has been just like I know a more consistent tight end than Kyle. He Pitts. has been more consistent, but like Kyle Pitts, I think all in all, if they can start scoring touchdowns, and that's the big if, I do think Kyle Pitts becomes. A, a tight end with an exponentially higher ceiling than most of those players that you just mentioned. I just don't see Desmond Ritter throwing more than 20 passing touchdowns. So it's just hard to split those all up. And when you think of Kyle Pitts having three receiving touchdowns in his total in his career so far through two years, it's just hard. It's hard to figure that all out. But he could get a lot of targets. He, he's super talented. I loved him coming out of school. It's not about the talent. It's just I don't love the situation he's in. Yeah, even even going back to and he's just it, the thing is his price is never going to go down because people know how freaky athletic he is and people are too excited about it. <sighs> so you're never going to if he was a late round pick where like ooh I can get this dude has such high upside, cool. Yeah, I'll take that high upside guy. But no, that's not what you're getting. You're you're taking a high upside guy, but you're spending a high draft capital on it. So it's like eh where he has too low of a floor. We saw that game. And then people had to play you. Like, once you use that pick on him, you're like, well, it's Kyle Pitts. I can't sit him. And then you keep playing him. And he keeps getting you two points a week. <laughs> like, I mean. Uh, he does really shoot you in the foot, though. Like, once you draft him, you're so committed. And it's really, really hard to back off of that prospect because you know. Yeah. Because like, you know as soon as you sit him, he's going to get 20 points. But the issue is, like, he just, like, it never happened last year. It just kept going and going terribly let's move on to the running back situation with the falcons it's tyler algier and really that's it it's not like they brought in anyone else yet maybe the draft but he averaged nearly 20 carries per game with ritter starting it was 19.8 carries per game through that four game stretch with desmond ritter starting 5.5 yards per carry he actually led the nfl in rushing yards from weeks 15 through 18 with ritter clearly you know, maybe they'll trust Ritter a little bit more in his second year, but they want to run. Arthur Smith wants to run this ball. And Tyler Algier looked good. Oh, God, yeah. He, like, he as looked fantastic. As the year went on in his rookie season, he was looking really good. So if they end up going with him, I think he's a really solid draft pick in, you know, the late fourth round, fifth round pick for a running back. Like, people aren't super high on because he's not, like, extremely exciting and he doesn't catch a lot of passes. But I think he will be a reliable RB, too. And I do think that this offense is going to be made a bit more for scoring rushing touchdowns. Really interesting, I think, is uh, his dynasty startup ADP right now. So 
there might not be any better value in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. RB34. Wow. RB34. After Brian Robinson. Give me After Kyler Brian Robinson. over Brian Robinson any day, anytime. If you can make that trade work in a Dynasty format right now, I would get that done. I After mean, Cam Akers. Give me Tyler Algier over Cam, Cam Akers. Akers yeah. After... Um, Rashad AJ, White after AJ Dillon, give me Algier over AJ Dillon. Yeah, like this guy's not even twenty three years old. Had uh, one of the best, you know, rushing seasons we've seen in some time for this team. Looked fantastic as a rookie. Showed you really everything that you want when he was given that workhorse role. Really hard to argue with nearly twenty touches a game. Like pretty pretty impossible to fight that and. Like, I know Dynasty startup doesn't always directly translate to what you're going to see in redraft season, but I do think that that's a general indication that people are not really hyped about Tyler Algier right now. And I'm not really sure what we saw in last season. I just don't see the Falcons using an early draft pick on a running back. They have far too many needs on defense. Like, I just don't think they're going to – like, I don't think – they're going to use their first or second round pick on a running back. So I think Algier is safe for this year, knock on wood, but I think he'll be good. I, I, I like his value here. I'm not saying he's going to end you know, as a top five guy or anything. I don't think he has that ceiling, but he could be RB 12 through 15. And that's a, a really, really solid RB two. If he's healthy, I find it really difficult to believe in a world where he wouldn't finish as a top 20 RB. Yeah. Same easily. And more quarterback news coming out this week. Sean McVay said there's no limitations on Matthew Stafford heading into 2023, which is really good to hear because, you know, there was questions about will Matthew Stafford be retiring because of his back issues? Like, is he ever going to be 100%? Now, coaches lie, players lie. Who knows if this is true? But it's better than hearing, oh, he's still, you know, going through the motions and he should be back soon. No, he's saying there'll be no limitations and he'll be good. Now, this isn't really so much about Matthew Stafford as it is about Cooper Cup, right? Cooper Cup, I feel like we forget how fantastic he was last year because he got hurt so early on and, you know, missed the second half of the season there, which was very disappointing. But, like, is he still a top 10 pick in fantasy for 2023 season? Yes. Yes, right? Like, like no not, even a, not even a question. And, I, I, again, I feel like this is going to get overthought come draft season, I feel like we're going to be like, well, you know, Cooper Cup's another year older. Can he really keep producing at this rate? Like, yes, he came into the NFL pretty old. Like, he was already a pretty old wide receiver uh, comparatively for what you usually see uh, with these guys that come in at, like, you know, age 22. Or I think Cooper Cup was, like, 24 in his rookie season, which is relatively old. But that that means like he's still got miles on the tires guys. He came in late. He's going to be fine. Um, he is clearly the number one target for Matthew Stafford. His floor is so freaking safe and his ceiling is literally wide receiver one and he's going to be underdrafted. No, he definitely is going to be like, I, I knew Cooper cup was still really good last year. Like thinking back to it, you know, 
I mean, A, he was going as a wide receiver one or wide receiver two. So he had high expectations. But I feel like we're not talking. He was the wide receiver two in fantasy points per game from weeks one through nine before he got injured in week 10. And it was a big gap between the wide receiver two and the wide receiver three in points per game. It went Stephon Diggs at 24.8, Cooper Cup at 24.5, and then Tyreek Hill at 22.5. So Cup was scoring two more points per game than Tyreek Hill was from weeks one through nine before he got injured. He scored over 16 points in each of the eight games he played and over 23 point or 23 plus points in five of those eight games and over 30 points twice. So he was incredibly consistent. He was incredibly safe and he still had super high upside until that week 10 game where, I mean, it was just a disaster of a game where he got hurt at the end, but uh, from weeks one through nine, it was a beauty and he was going to have a great season. Matthew Stafford got hurt. The whole Rams offense just burst into flames, but I think they're going to be back to a little bit more normal next year. It's not going to be as bad as it was this last year. And Cooper cup should probably still be a top three wide receiver drafted, right? Like it's Justin Jefferson. And then I think from there you can discuss whether you want to take Tyreek Hill or Cooper cup or Stefan Diggs or Jamar chase. Like I think they're all kind of in that tier and I would have no problem if someone was like, you know what? I prefer Cooper cup over those other guys. I mean what he did last year. Was and again, we're just... just talking about 2023 fantasy. Obviously if you play in a dynasty league, the rankings would change a lot because Cooper Cup is getting older. But for 2023, I don't care about his age. Like, he's not that old yet. He's plenty fine for another year with Matthew Stafford. Like, I think he'll still have a great season. Well, what is absolutely insane is the fact that you have Cooper Cup here who got injured in Week 10, scored more fantasy points than Adam Thielen, Mike Williams, like Chris Olave, who was just absolutely doted over, like, Zay Jones, who was really surprisingly productive. Debo Samuel, who, again, missed a little time, but still uh, was on the field and, and had a, you know, like, he, he was great. Like, he outperformed all these guys by a long shot and missed a lot of time. So he was just so productive. It's it, it, You cannot beat that kind of reliability. For cheesy. For cheesy. Well, we have nothing to argue about if we're both in on Cooper <laughs> Cup. We're both in on Cooper Cup. Uh, who would you rather have next year? I, I do think this is a strong one. Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup? Give me Cooper Cup. I think me too. As I think as the like, floor if, is safer. If the Bengals ended up trading away T. Higgins, like then Jamar Chase is targets are probably far too safe and his like you know his ceiling is just incredibly high as well so is cooper cups though but you know i would probably go with a more fun dynamic player in jamar chase if t higgins were to be traded away but for this moment i'm going cooper cup i just think that the floor is so much safer so it, jamar chase averaged just over 20 fantasy points per game last year obviously has a super high ceiling uh two games of more than 30 fantasy points, which is absurd, but so did Cooper cup. And yeah, there's nine games that he played. Yeah. And you're not going to, but the thing is with Cooper cup, you don't really have those performances where you dip into like the eight 
points, the 10 points. He not didn't as dip often. below 16. Yeah, like, and I'm guessing the year prior to that, when he was just a beast mode every game, he probably never dipped into 16, below 16. So he's been incredibly, incredibly consistent. And I'll be happy to take Cooper Cup, especially if his price is a little bit down and you can get him in the later first instead of having to do the top first like last year. Uh, yeah, I would be very happy. With and you know, Cup. I mean, Jamar Chase is going to be drafted as a top two wide receiver. It's going to be Justin Jefferson. It's going to be Jamar Chase. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. It, and like, I could see even Cooper Cup going after A.J. Brown at this point. With like, not for me, even though I do love me some A.J. Brown. I think he's fantastic. But I, I probably will have Cooper Cup ranked as my wide receiver too when it's all said and done. I agree, and I also think you're probably going to be able to draft him into the second, third round. I don't think the third. I think probably early second. When first. you consider the fact that like there are going to be plenty of running backs that there's go no off way the he board. goes into the third. But okay, talking about running backs, one big one that's, dun, dun, dun. that's been pretty fantastic for fantasy over the last year has requested a trade. Austin Ackler requested a trade from the Chargers. Now, do we think this is all just talk to get his money from the Chargers and really he's not going to go anywhere? I mean, it feel I like if this is the ploy, then I think it's well deserved. Like looked up his contract situation over the course of his career and he has been one of the most productive running backs in the league since he entered as an undrafted free agent. He has made just under $21 million total. Like, it's absolutely insane. He's averaging right around $6 million per year. And that just, that's not even close to what the market is paying these top end running backs, even though we're saying, you know, like, don't pay running backs, don't invest highly in running backs. The league doesn't value running backs. Well, like there are plenty of running backs that are getting paid, even if it's not Zeke money and there's Austin no Eckler's reason, not one of them. There's no reason there's such a big gap between what CMC is getting paid and what Austin Eckler is getting paid. Cause Austin Eckler is doing like he's being used as a running back a ton and he's being used as a receiver a ton. So he's doing it both and he's scoring one gazillion touchdowns, 18 so. or more touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. That's, That's insane. Yeah. So he deserves to get paid more. I think the Chargers will up it and he'll stay there because honestly for fantasy, we want him to stay with the Chargers. I don't think there's a better spot for him. Nope. Justin Herbert loves to target him. Justin Herbert apparently likes to sh- throw short a ton. I don't know why he has such a big arm. You would want his air yards to increase, but he just keeps dumping it off to Austin Eckler. And then whenever they get around the goal line, it's just, uh, we'll just give it to Austin Eckler either through the air or on the ground. And he just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring. So for fantasy, if it ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it for fantasy. I want him to stay with the chargers. And actually this is a running back that I think does make a difference for a team. And the chargers should want to keep him, even if it's for a little bit more money. And he knows this team. Like, my only question is the team going to be nervous about giving him more money because they are in this period where they're looking to extend Justin Herbert. Does that come into the equation? I don't think it should. They're already paying him $6 million a year. So like Spotrack average or projects his market value as the third highest among running backs at like just under 13 million a year. 
you can make something work there. Yeah. Like, and I don't think Austin Eckler saying I need to be the highest paid running back in the league, but he, he could make the case that he should be. And I don't think there would be a lot of people that could argue with that. Did you know Austin Eckler has never made the Pro Bowl? That's wild. Like that is sickening. That's wild. What is wrong with us? Yeah, he should be making the Pro Bowl. But yeah, is there a better team he could go to? No. There's not, right? For fantasy. For impact. fantasy, looking at the teams with the highest running back target rates, you had the Patriots, Commanders, Broncos, Texans, Giants, Bengals. Like the only one of these that I think the is the Bengals. Like, if they released yes. Joe Mixon and then traded for Austin Eckler, that, that would be interesting. Be interesting. But. but- but there, I think they would be releasing Joe Mixon because they don't want to pay a running back a lot. And then you would have to go pay Austin Eckler, who I think is a much better running back overall. But at the same time, you would have to trade for Eckler and then pay him, which seems kind of stupid for any team to do when you aren't like Joe Mixon's fine. He's not good, but he's fine. I mean, I think Austin Eckler does a whole lot more for your offense. Like, even if I could release Joe Mixon and Joe Mixon has come with his own problems and inefficiencies, like what you've gotten out of Austin Eckler so far, like that's literally the dream of what you would have wanted from Joe Mixon, like in the perfect scenario. I I just don't, I don't know if I could literally swap them one for one at a hundred percent do it. Even at Austin Eckler's age, Joe Mixon's making uh, right around 12,000 a year. Yeah, swap those contracts out one for one, baby. Release Joe Mixon. Talking about someone like Eckler should be making twelve million a year, and Joe Mixon should be making whatever Eckler is. Yeah, it, like yeah, for cheesy. It's just I need it, to stop saying for cheesy. Can you edit that last one out? No, <laughs> no. Nope. What was that? No, nope. well, I need to get this out of my vocabulary. For cheesy, you do. I don't say that. Um, so you do now. I and, don't know what's happening. But, like, I, I think what we can for cheesy agree on <laughs> is the fact that, like, Austin Eckler deserves so much more money than he's earned so far in his career. And I say $21 million, at, like, as, you know, a low ball number, which when we're talking NFL contracts, it is. Yeah, when like, we're talking about NFL players, it's a totally different world than ours. Like, would we be happy with $21 million? Hell yeah. It's hell like, yeah. Hell no, yeah. I, but, you know what? I, I'd even take a cool 20. <laughs> yeah. I won't even be picky. Just give me one. One million. That'd be great. Yeah, $1 million. I'll pay off my house and, you know, my student loans, and I'd be happy little camper. But, you know, like, when we're even comparing – running backs like Austin Eckler's definitely gotten the short end of the stick. He was an undrafted free agent. He, you know, had a slower start to his career, but like comparatively Saquon Barkley earned $21 million in his rookie season. That's pretty insane. And Austin Eckler's not even there yet. (sighs) Yeah. He deserves a little pay raise. Hopefully the chargers, can give it to him he gets what he's earned and owed and he can stay in this great spot for I'm himself hashtag pay austin eckler i would wear a t-shirt <laughs> with that on it right yeah there are still some players left that are waiting to get paid yeah yeah a couple a, a few not a lot of good ones like the free agency class is pretty much dried up but 
there are some guys that still are looking for a landing spot that it could affect fantasy for sure. Like there's t- there's three that are left that are like top dogs of free agency left, I guess, of the, you know, the pieces left of the top For Sheezy, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Odell Beckham Jr. He's still waiting for a landing spot. It feels like it's been forever. He's, uh, he's- courting himself at the NFL League meetings this week. Yeah. So it is there. Is there a spot you would like Odell Beckham Jr.? Because I would not like it to be the Jets. And I feel like that is what all the rumors are about is the Jets. But it's like, no, just let Garrett Wilson be do his thing. And you already got brought in Alan Lazard. You really also need Odell. Like, oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers and Odell together sound like the worst coupling of all time. I, I, like, I can't handle those two personalities. <laughs> I can't. I mean, for the sake of that, though, like, could you imagine – uh, would are they eligible for they would be eligible for hard knocks right like if odell and aaron Rodgers sign there boom book it hard knocks a hundred percent because i would love to see the drama and okay. i i just feel like they would if bump the, if shoulders the Jets are eligible they're going to get it because people are going to want their and rogers drama for sure but i don't know there's like a bunch of rules i don't know if they're eligible but they I should think be. they would be. They don't have a new head they coach. They didn't win they last didn't year. Win. They um, didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. You th- and they haven't been on it lately, mm-mm. at least. Have they been on it at all? Uh, I'm going to look into this because it has to be the Jets now. But Odell, like I'm trying to think. Maybe the Vikings. Like the Vikings could be an interesting one. Justin Jefferson and Odell with Kirk Cousins. I think that would be a good landing spot. And I think that would be nice for like giving. Oh, I'm trying to figure out a way where OBJ has any like good fantasy value and he doesn't hurt someone else too much. I don't think he hurts Justin Jefferson if he goes to the Vikings. If anything, it could help, right, to have another wide receiver to to help him out there. But, yeah, it really – it's really just like the Vikings – and yep <laughs> the bills maybe i mean the it's interesting the like the cap situation he is reportedly asking for around 20 million a he year he said that he's not huh? he said he's not oh well. i think he he did come out and say he'll just take nothing less than 4 million but that's really low 4 million okay that's that's interesting. He okay. go go to the Chiefs. Yeah, I I mean I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, to see him interested in of that. Patrick like, Mahomes would make OBJ great, of course, of course they would, <laughs> of course it would happen. But yeah, no, there's still some landing spots for OBJ for sure. It's the two running backs that are left, the two big named. I put in there. Oh yeah, they're big named running backs. I don't know if there's a spot left for them. All there is for is a chance for them to hurt another running back. So you're like, no. please don't sign where I like this running back for no. fantasy. I have the perfect landing spot Give for me- Kareem Hunt. Have I told you my landing spot for Kareem okay, Hunt? Okay, so Kareem Hunt and Seek, they're both out there. Now, Kareem Hunt has done next to nothing the last couple of years, but he's been behind Nick Chubb and has dealt with injuries. But we know Kareem Hunt's a talented running back. So where's your perfect landing spot for Kareem Hunt? Are you going to say the Chiefs? No, <laughs> no, because that would be uh, no, I'm not going to bring it full circle. I would love to send him to the Seattle Seahawks where I so don't you wanna, think no want to hurt or up, up, up. Walker love. Nope, 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 nope. I don't like I, I look at this situation. I feel like the comp and situation between 
the run game in Seattle with Ken Walker pairing with Kareem Hunt would be so similar to what they were able to accomplish in Cleveland with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like, I feel like Ken Walker and Nick Chubb both have, like, this breakaway speed, have this ability, but they're not as as dynamic in terms of their receiving ability. And enter Kareem Hunt. Boom. He's a perfect, I think, complement to what Ken Walker, like, not lacks necessarily, but where he can still stand to develop a little bit. Like, do you not see any similarities between like the way that they built the run game in Cleveland and the wait, way wait, that wait. they could build it? Could it be with... three years ago when both Chubb and Hunt were fantasy relevant and good? Like, I don't want it to be like last year where he wasn't used at all. And then like when I don't know, I just, like, can we have a backfield where there's just one guy that gets all the work? That's great. I just like that better. But yeah, I mean, this the Seahawks want to be the worst spot for Kareem Hunt. Maybe the Rams. The com- I mean, the commanders right now, they're literally sitting with Brian Robinson. Is, is Antonio Gibson still on that roster? What is going on with that man? He's still on the roster, right? Um, That's yeah. a that's a great question. Um, he wasn't a free agent this year. That's how – no, he shouldn't be. But like, I don't think they're even considering Gibson, really. So – like there could be a starter that goes there. Brian Robinson was fine. He was fine. He I was did good. mention that teams with the highest running back target rates, commanders were top of the list. Commanders were top five in uh, targets for the running back. And we know that's cream hunts, bread and butter. Like that's where we know he's going to be partic- particularly useful. And just FYI, Antonio Gibson signed with the team through 2023. So he will be there. But, I mean, he was a non-factor at at most points. It, like, he came in. He came – he had the weirdest season. He did. Like – But let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott because this – he has to land somewhere, right? Like, he can't go from Zeke Elliott to being cut by the Cowboys and not sign anywhere. Now, he hasn't looked great. He's been ineffective, but he's going to be playing on a team this year, and he's probably going to get a lot of carries, and he's probably going to steal carries away from someone that's more deserving and better. Like It's just going to happen because this is what happens with these old vets. They go to teams, and they get the carries, and he's probably going to take it away from either some young guy or a rookie or something like that. So he's going to drive you crazy. Like I don't know where Zeke go where I'm like, cool, that's nice. That doesn't hurt anybody. Maybe – yeah, <laughs> maybe the Buccaneers, they go from Leonard Fournette to Zeke. God, aren't they sick of like old washed running backs? Like, I don't I don't want to send I don't want to doom anybody to Tampa Bay. But and, like, I, I think one really nice spot would have been the Buffalo Bills. But before Zeke got cut, they signed Damian Harris. I don't know if they would have preferred Zeke over Damian Harris. I prefer but... Damian Harris over Zeke. Okay personally but I just think think Zeke would have been a nice consistent running back from that's a big guy that's ground to pound and then you would have had your James Cook come in and be like the the change to change your upper change of pace guy I think that's fine um I feel like Zeke is probably wanting to go to well no he he said the three teams he wants the Jets 
who basically have said no. He wants the Eagles, who basically said no. And the Bengals, who haven't said anything yet, but they have Joe Mixon. And again, are you going to cut Joe Mixon to then bring in Zeke? They're both like some of the most inefficient running backs in the league, those two right now. And the question is, what is Zeke? going to be willing to take financially but maybe he i mean he has to expect he's not going to get paid like he's just not going to make a lot of money but he has made a lot of money in his career so maybe he would go to you know if they cut joe he might take a cheap deal for i guess if you can save like eight million dollars and go from joe mixon to zeke elliott are you missing all that much no no so it could make sense but there's not a lot of landing spots for him where it's like cool this is a good move for the team and for him and he's not going to hurt anybody. He, he's going to end up like, I'm just like sweating it out to see where he signs because please don't be the Jaguars. Please don't go to Travis Etienne. Please, please. I mean, like, Zeke's just a pain, but like, here's the thing. It feels like all running backs are pains right now and we're not even into the draft, but like Ezekiel Elliott, I do think he'd be an interesting fit with the Bengals. Like you mentioned, it, especially like I do, like I said, I think Eckler would be a huge step up on Mixon. I think Zeke is probably right around comparable for what you're going to get from Joe Mixon. Um, you know, he's been, you know, capable in the receiving game too at times. And you just pulled up Zeke's earnings. He's made 70 million oh. in his career. So a little bit different than Austin Eckler there. He's made enough, right? Like, 70 million you're set you're set i'm sure he's still like you're not gonna go work for free but it, say he takes four million dollars for a one-year contract to go play the Bengals instead of paying 12 million to joe mixon like joe mixon is not putting up eight million more dollars of production or efficiency than zeke would because they're both highly efficient guys right now so zeke you go replace joe mixon i think that's a good spot but Look then where does joe mixon go i have no idea because he's also going to get a starting job somewhere so it's just it, there's not enough spaces, and then we still have to add Bijan Robinson to one of these teams, who's definitely going to be a starting running back, getting a ton of work. There's just not enough spaces for running backs right now. We saw a really interesting shift like this year in terms of the reliability of the wide receiver position. Like year over year, it feels like we're getting further and further away from the workhorse running back, and I feel like this year was the first year where we really felt that really heavily in terms of like wide receivers being much more reliable for fantasy. It used to be, okay, so I'm going to draft, you know, my running backs in the first two rounds and then I'm going to be set. You just plug and play, no big deal. But now in this new world where not everybody gets carries and we don't have a full, you know, like that's not today's NFL wide receivers are kind of the wave of the future. And like, uh, like, I, I just think there's, like, this shift is so symbolic of what's happening with the actual NFL in terms of your core needs to be the wide receivers because the landscape of the running back position, like, there's too many to go around. There are. And talking about one guy that's just disappeared off the face of the earth is Daryl Henderson. It we was- really are going to close out the show on this sad sad note where did they go there's two guys and i want to know where the hell they went daryl henderson and like i said there's just like not room for him to be a starter anywhere but like he was the starter for the rams in the beginning of the season cam Akers was nowhere to be found he i actually think he's a very talented running back 
and he can be used as a receiver. I, I really like Daryl Henderson. And then so explosive. He went to the Jaguars for a hot second off of waivers and then got caught by them and is just hanging around. He's not on a team. Like Daryl Henderson is better than a lot of third string, even second string running backs right now. So I don't know what's going on with, uh, with Daryl Henderson whatsoever. And then Will Fuller. Did he retire? I think so. So, um, if you actually go to like the NFL's website, they'll have like a player directory. He is listed as retired, but, but he never came out to say he's retired. I don't think so. I don't like, think he retired. I think that's probably I've, just wrong. On the I've list. done my research a million times and the NFL website is like the place where that's documented. And like, there's no big news articles that have come out that, like, definitively give a source that he's retired. But that little finger injury. That finger injury just destroyed him. I mean, he had a nice season a couple of years ago. Signs a good deal with the Dolphins. Gets a little tiny. Well, I guess I can't call it a finger. Did it, Did his finger get amputated? And then also, because at this point, you could still even play after that. I feel like at this point in your life, did his whole hand get amputated? Like, what happened? What happened? What happened to him? Where is he? What? I think he is a super talented wide receiver that gets hurt way too often. There is that. But he's super, super fast. He could be beneficial for an NFL team. And if he gets with a good quarterback that knows how to pass deep, he might have some fantasy relevance at times. But there, it's just dead silence on Will Fuller. I mean, there's no team, I think, that has enough depth that you wouldn't say yes to Will Fuller if you had the opportunity, especially knowing that he's not going to cost you anything. Like, like literally nothing. So, <laughs> like, I, like, I'm just shocked the Chiefs haven't, you know, looked in. Maybe they have. But, like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Or the Chargers to add speed. Maybe or- in, like, another year, Will Fuller's going to come. Like, the Chiefs do this, right? That, like, they did this with Josh Gordon. Maybe they're going to just one day out of the blue. Will Fuller's only 28. He is three years younger than us. He is, and he like he's just disappeared. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. Like these are two. He guys. is aged twenty eight years, but his fingers are Personally, of a frail. Daryl Henderson woman. and Will Fuller. I have them on some of my dynasty Ugh. rosters, and I'm like, okay, like how long do you just keep holding on to Will Fuller on your bench for? Like I just know as soon as I drop him, he's gonna get picked up by somebody. And now he's going to be a wide receiver one rest of season. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what to do with those two guys. Hopefully we hear about them sometime. Hopefully they're okay in the world. I'd probably be, I don't know. I have a couple shares of both of these guys too. And I, I'm holding on, but when one of them signs, we'll have to take a cheers to that. That's for sure. It's going to, but these guys are getting like a couple more months. If we go through the first wave of injuries. I don't injuries, think Zeke signs for a really long time. No, That's well, my I think take. I think he probably waits it out in through, like, even training camp. Like Wait until for, the first big injury yeah. of the season, and then all of a sudden. I just don't know if another team, like, wants him right now. So I don't I think he has a spot right I now. I could be dead wrong. He'll play next year for some team. I just don't think he'll be signing for a while. That's just my guess, and I have no insight on that. I could be totally wrong. That's just my guess. That is it for today's show. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Bob Blast M. That's Michelle Bob Blast E M. 
And you can find me, Kate, at Kate Majuk. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.